0: Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set Podcast. My name is Ethan, and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 779-77 to download. We're so excited that you're here. Hey, normally it would be my husband or someone else up here, but today we've got a special Sunday service. We've got our dear friends, Pastor Matthew and Pastor Anna Sylvester from venture church in salinas and do it for selena anything, anything for, for salinas, salinas. Yes. yes okay yes, yes. so we're here we're doing all that you if you've been here for some time you know about pastor matthew he's brought a word before and we want to welcome him with a bold welcome can you give it up for him real quick His Thank family's you sitting in the front row yes We're so excited that you're here. We're so excited. We know that you have a word for us. We're ready to receive. Could you just lift your hands towards Pastor Matthew? We're going to pray for him real quick. Jesus, we just thank you for this man of God. We know that you have a word that you have prepared in his heart specifically for us, God. We ask that you would speak to him, God, but also speak to us, God, that we would hear from him and from your Holy Spirit, Jesus, whatever that you have for us, God, that we would receive it and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. Thank you so much. Thank you,
1: Pastor Yaz. Yes. What's up, old Church? Man, what a great time of worship. I'm excited to be here. Like Pastor Yaz says, my name is Matthew. Um, I'm here with my beautiful wife, Anna, and together we have four kids. Someone say Four. I didn't stutter. I said four. Yes, we have a two-year-old, his name is Levi, a nine-year-old, his name is Kai, a 12-year-old, her name is Chloe, and a 13-year-old who's going to be a freshman in high school. Oh my goodness, Ava, who's here with us today, and I am so blessed to be their dad, and um, it is just such a blessing to have these amazing kids together. My wife and I started Venture Church, coming on four years in October, and it's been such... A blessing, yes. And through uh, church planning, um, I gotten to meet a, a lot of amazing people. Um, and your pastors uh, are amazing, they are friends of ours. And um, I'm going to tell you like this church planning is not for the weak at heart, okay? And we're in the trenches with your pastors. And as you already know, we went through one heck of a season. And it felt like season after season after season after season, right? And here we are coming out of that season slowly. And it wasn't easy, And I bet you, because I know, because I'm speaking for myself, that there were probably many times that Pastor Ali and Yaz were thinking about throwing in the towel. But they didn't because they are obedient to the calling. Let me tell you why. Because they know that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, just because I'm from from Salinas, okay, and 60% of our lettuce throughout the whole world, that doesn't mean that that verse is really near and dear to my heart because we have the harvest, but what I'm saying is this, we know that all through California, all through the nation, and all through the world, there are people that need to know about the message that we preach. Amen? Are you with me, church? Now, we're a hollerback church at Church, and I know Bold Church is the same thing. Amen? Y'all with me, Bold? All right, good. Just want to make sure it's five o'clock, okay? And we're awake. Amen? I'm excited to bring the word today, and as you can see behind us, uh, I pulled this uh, from, some, uh, from a series that I've been preaching called Better Choices, Fewer Regrets. I've been praying about what do I speak here at Bold Church, and I believe this is a timely word. I believe it's going to be pivotal for some people in here, if not all of us. I believe there's something that we're going to be able to grab and insert and to live out in our life, and a question that I have for you, and I know the answer to this already, but I got to say it anyways. Have you ever been disappointed before? for? Have you ever been disappointed before But maybe even some of the life choices that you made yourself? Maybe there's some areas in your life that you said, by this time in my life, I would have already had this conquered by now, fill in the blank. Maybe there's some areas in your life that have you so down that you start to ask yourself, is there anything more to life? Is there really anything more to live for? And the answer to that question is obviously yes because God has created you for more. By the way, I'm believing for this church, okay? I'm believing for this church with bold faith that the best is ahead, amen? I believe there's a transition coming to Bold Church, and I know that there's not just seven people excited for the transition, amen? We should all be excited for what God is doing at Bold Church, come on. Maybe you're feeling that. Like, is there anything more to life than what I'm feeling right now. And if you're feeling that, if you have that tension within you, more than likely your relationships are out of order. Somebody say out of order. Now look at your neighbor, tell him you look good today. Thank you, I know, I really dress to impress. As you can tell, Pastor Ali said I was gonna get a bold shirt, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna wear a black shirt. But I'm happy I wear a black shirt because I remember last time I preached here. By the way, when are you gonna invite me in the wintertime? Okay? <laughs> But if I sweat, I'm good. By the way, my panza, you cannot see it. Maybe you can, but black really hides it, amen? Man, I'm excited to preach, talking about my panza. Here we go. But what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. When you look at your neighbor and you tell them that they look good, I also want you to remind them that God is first, amen? Tell them, God is first. Today's message is titled, Roots Before the Fruits. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that I have to speak here today. And thank you, God, for every person that's watching online and for those that are in these seats. God, we pray because we know that this could be a pivotal moment for many. And God, I'm praying right now for each and every one of us. And for those that are in here in this place today that might be experiencing a spiritual slumber, Holy Spirit, would you wake us up from the inside out? Lord, we want what you want. And I know when I say that, many believers in here feel that same way. Lord, let your will be done over our lives. We do not want to leave here the same as we walked in, but we want to be transformed through your word. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Strong roots are so important for a tree. Would you agree? The roots are an anchor for a tree. A strong tree will have roots that go deep and wide. Why is that so important? So that the the roots... They, they allow what the, the uh, water and the nutrition, right, to help the tree grow. And as the tree grows, obviously it grows and the branches grow and the leaves grow and it gets higher up and the sun is, is, is now beaming down on the tree and the leaves are getting the nutrition from the sun. Now, just for a second, can you imagine this analogy as you and I, we are the tree and the roots Our roots are the roots that are growing in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I have a little OCD. Anybody have that in here? See, I love my lawn. Anybody love their lawn? Nobody? It shows, okay? I'm just joking. That was a bad joke. I'm going to tell you this. I love my lawn because God has allowed me to have this lawn, and I paid a lot of money for this lawn, and I want to be a good steward of this lawn, So, when weeds try to take over, you better believe I'm gonna snipe them out, okay? So, I go and I'm gonna tell you this these weeds try to overgrow and to take over my grass, but I go and I start to dig them out, okay? Not only that, some will say wood chips. I have so much OCD that when I walk out of the house and I see the wood chips out of place because I have a two-year-old who likes to play in places that he shouldn't be playing in, and the wood chips are scattered all over the place, I could barely breathe until those things get back in the place that they belong. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You don't have OCD like me, okay? And so I'm sitting there, and now I'm seeing these weeds start to sprout out of the wood chips. That's a problem, because those weeds don't belong there. And so I start to pull these weeds. Anybody like to pull weeds? I didn't think so, I think they're demonic and they're in the category of laundry. Can I get an amen? And so I'm trying to pull these weeds out and some of them are being obedient and I'm pulling them out from the root and as I'm pulling them out I'm shouting victory, okay? Because I'm getting them from the root but there's some weeds, someone say some weeds, that I'm pulling and they're not coming out from the root. How many of you guys know that that's just a Band-Aid? Because those weeds are still in the soil and those roots are still growing and those weeds are gonna continue to sprout. But when I get them from the root, someone say the root, and I pull them out from the roots that we cannot grow anymore. You know who also loves it when we are pulled from the root spiritually? The enemy. Because he knows apart from God, you and I can do nothing. Did you hear that? And he comes, he comes like a thief. I'm telling you, he wants to steal, kill, and what? Destroy, doesn't he? And he's coming to devour, right? Looking for somebody to just devour, not to nibble on, not to pinch and to let go. He wants to devour, somebody say, devour. But when we are rooted and planted in Christ, and when the enemy tries to blow and attack, When he tries to bring everything that he has and we're rooted, we're deep and wide in Christ because he's first. He's the first relationship in our life. We put God first. Amen. And when we do that, there are things because we know that in this life, we're going to experience many troubles, but take heart. The Bible says, Jesus, for I've overcome the world. So we know that when we're rooted in him, we know that we're not going to easily blow down. It doesn't say that we're not going to go through trials and tribulations. It doesn't say that it's going to be easy all the time and roses and rainbows. No, we are going to go through hardships. But when we are rooted, someone say rooted. When we are rooted in Christ, scripture is clear. You've heard this before. I pray you hear it with new ears. And for some people, maybe it's going to be pivotal for you to say, I do need to put God first in my life. Matthew six thirty three says, but seek first. Someone say first his kingdom, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. We seek God first. And when we are devoted to him and his kingdom, then all those things that you are searching for that matter the most and that bring fulfillment in your life will come. Many times we're trying to fill a place in our heart and we think, you know, this, this right here is going to be the answer. This right here is going to be good. This right here is going to be my God. And it really is, but it's a little g God. Did you hear that? And, and, and it's, it's filling a place, but you wonder, why isn't, why isn't this a, an everlasting feeling that I'm seeking for? Because you're not searching God, the father, amen. The God of this universe, the Bible says, when you seek me, you will find me. Are you with me, church? Could it be possible that the reason why you feel empty and unsatisfied in your life today is because your relationship with God is lacking or non-existent? I'm at bold church, right? I'm going to preach a bold word. Amen. I hope I get invited back again. This is my second time. So I guess they like me, hopefully. But I'm not here to just tickle your ears. I'm here to bring a little bit of tension. I'm here to bring a little bit of truth, amen? Are you with me, church? For some, unfortunately, the answer to that question is yes. But the good news, because there's always good news, is this, you don't have to stay there. What does it look like to have a life devoted to God? When you look at the first century Christians, you can get an amazing glimpse of what that life looks like okay if you if you go to the book of acts we know that there were some amazing things to go down right the holy spirit comes down to the to the first century believers not only that three thousand would say 3,000 3, believers were added to the church and then in acts 2 42 through 43 we read this and i'm going to urge you to take note because you and i can learn a lot from this and we when we put god first Things shift in our life. Amen? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship. Someone say devoted. Devoted. We are devoted to the word of God. Amen. Amen? We know that there is truth in here. That it is a light unto our feet. Amen? It is the word of God. When we have questions in life, there is no gray areas. It is black and white. And when we live through this, it is a manual to our life. There, is, there are things in here that are crystal clear, and I'm telling you right now because I've been a believer now for almost 15 years that when people come to a church, sometimes they think that we're just a bunch of squares. I don't know about you, but I have a loving God, amen? I have a guy that loves me so much that he left me with instructions. How many of you guys have kids in here? Raise your hand. There's a lot of people that have kids in here, okay? How many of you guys have little brothers and sisters in here? Okay, now you love your brothers and sisters, right? We love our little kids, right? We love them so much that we don't want them to play in the front of the house where there's no gate, right, by themselves. Are you with me, are you tracking? Because if we're not gonna be there and we turn for a little bit, they can run off to the road and get hit. But when we take them to the backyard, right? Now some of our backyards need to be cleaned up a little bit, okay? But some of us, our backyards are really, really tight and clean, and our kids can play back there freely, and we know that they're going to be okay, that there's not going to be a car that's going to come by, and they're not going to see it, because we love our children. God has given us a clear way through his word, amen? And that in this thing called life, he loves us so much that he has made it clear that we are not squares, but he loves us so much that when we'd be obedient to his word, we would know what it would fill life to live, to live life and life abundantly. Are you with me, church? So they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship. Someone say fellowship. Man, I love fellowship. I'm so tired because I love it so much that I just, I want to hang out with friends. I want to hang out with family. I want to hang out with friends like family. I want to be in my tribe. Are you with me? And I love getting together with other believers. And and like you guys at Venture, we have Venture Group. You have bold groups. And tell me, because I know you've been a part of one, how rich they are. How when you pray over me and I pray over you, something special happens. When together we dig deep into the word of God, that together we keep each other accountable. Sometimes we have to rebuke each other in Jesus' name, in love. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that matters most. And in order to live a life that matters most, then I better be ready to take a rebuke from somebody that I know loves me. Are you with me? Bold groups are so important. The things that we do, like, man, I might come back for uh, the event on on July 10th, okay? I'm going to get my barbecue on too. And yes, the Giants, the Giants are going to win the World Series this year, amen? Come on, somebody. Three people love the Giants in here. That's okay. We're praying for you, okay? We're praying for you. So they devoted themselves to the teaching and fellowship and breaking of the bread, Man, breaking of bread. Someone say pan dulce. Oh, Lord, you already had me right there, right? My panza says yes and amen. If you don't know what pan dulce is, it's sweet Mexican bread. And if you don't know what my panza is, it's because you can't see it through this black shirt, okay? So breaking of the bread... And praying together, how he talked about that, it's so important that we pray for one another because there's power in prayer. It says this, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. God provided everything that the apostles needed in order to do ministry. And the believers and the non-believers saw the work of what these men were doing. And when they saw this work, they were in awe. Not only that, they loved people. Are you hearing that? They loved people and the non-believers even saw that. A genuine love. Man, that's an effective ministry, amen? Amen. That is an effective ministry. Someone say devoted. They were devoted to the word. Devoted translated in the Greek is an imperfect tense. Pastor Matt, what's an imperfect tense? I'm so happy you asked because I had no idea either, okay? Okay. It is an ongoing or continual. So what does that mean for this? They were continually devoted. So these early believers had what we call an ongoing pursuit of God. It wasn't just a Sunday deal, okay? It was a seven days a week. But for some in here, if we're honest, And we have our own translation here in Acts 2. We're going to, our translation is probably going to sound like this. They devoted themselves to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued a self-centered life of comfort and ease. The I-M-W-T, the It's My Way translation. And that leads me to my next question. What do you devote your life to? What do you devote yourself to the most. We can all agree that we have 24 hours in the day. So I know this about each and every one of us. Okay. For eight hours, for a third of that, we use that for sleep. For the other third, we use that for what? For work and school. Now we could probably divide that and some people are like, no, I use about 12 for school. Okay. But you can divide that up. Well, let's say that's two thirds of your day. Now, what do you do with the other third? For some people, it's gym, games, studying, laundry. How many of you guys love doing laundry? I didn't think so, okay? Laundry, grocery shopping, detailing your car, scrolling through IG. I mean, the list can go on and on. But when it comes to God, for some, there's not much time left. Well, Pastor Matt, little did you know, before I eat my meal, I talk to God, right? I, I, I say thank you for my meal. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I have a devotion with him in that very moment, and that's him and I. Not only that, Pastor Matt, you know what I do? I grab the verse of the day on my Bible app. And I quickly copy and paste it. I don't even read it sometimes, but I paste it for people to read. Man, God loves me for doing that. I'm so excited about my time with the Lord. Now, if you do that, I'm not not trying to get under your skin. But what I'm I'm trying to say is that if you keep doing that and you think that's going to be the foundation that you're going to build your faith on, your spiritual life will never grow. Can I keep it a 1,000? We'll never grow or feel fulfilled. And we'll never grow in our relationship with God the Father. Think about this. If you exercise for five minutes a day, do you think you'll ever get to your peak health? I mean, look, obviously not, okay? If I spend five minutes a day with my wife, right, and that's it, do you think our marriage is going to be like, man, that is like a marriage that I want to have. Man, they're top notch, right? If I get into like my dream college, like I'm San Jose State University, Stanford, Cal Berkeley, San Francisco, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to study five minutes a day and I'm going to graduate. Probably not going to happen, right? It's probably not going to happen at all. So if we partially devote our time with God, then no wonder why we're always falling back into the same old sin over and over and over again. No wonder why we're never sharing our faith with others because we're not thinking about God in any way. We're not selfless, we're being selfish. So why would I ever want to share what's in me with others, okay? And no wonder we care more about what others say about us than what God has to say about me. If you want to live a life devoted to the Lord, then it's never going to happen accidentally. We've got to predecide. Look at your neighbor and say pre-decide. predecide. What do we have to predecide? Do I want to live an ongoing pursuit of Jesus? I've got to predecide because it's not going to happen on accident. What we must predecide is that this will not be just a one-time decision that I make after a sermon and I'm gonna say a prayer, and that's all that I do, then I'm gonna go back and doing everything else that I used to do, and then come back again on Sunday and do that over and over and over again. No, we have to pre-decide that I'm gonna take this serious, that I wanna live a life that's gonna matter. And in order to do that, for somebody to see something different in me, because that's important, because when you say yes to Jesus, you and I are ambassadors of the most high God, amen? So I'm gonna pre-decide that I'm gonna make this decision and it's going to be an ongoing pursuit. Check out what scripture says in John 15. Jesus is telling a parable near a vineyard and it says in John 15, five, he says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, someone say remain, and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. We could do what? Nothing. What is this fruit talking about? What is this producing this fruit that is so important because if Jesus has something to say about it, then it must be super important. Galatians five twenty through th- through 23 says this about producing fruit, but when the Holy Spirit controls Our lives. He will produce this kind of fruit in us love, peace, patience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Do you know what this is evidence of? This is evidence of a life that honors God. And when you live from this place, there is fullness and richness that nothing in this world can ever offer us, amen? When you're disconnected from God, you feel empty. How can I confidently say this? Because I've been there before. Not just as somebody that is just attending church and showing up on a Sunday, but somebody who's up here on a platform even teaching it. And whose fault is that? My own. Sometimes we can be distracted. And the enemy, let me tell you right now, he is quick to distract. He is quick to try to get you off course. He wants nothing but for us to be uprooted and separated from God. Are you with me? So when you're disconnected, you feel empty. But when you're connected to God, your life is full of, of what matters most. Someone shot. Remain. remain. In John fifteen four, it says, "Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me." In some translations, that word "remain." will come up 11 times. That word remain in the Greek is translated meno. Meno meaning abide, live in, and dwell. It's not just a mealtime prayer or a Sunday service or a scripture of the day. It's a life sold out to Jesus, a fully devoted, all in, a, a devoted life to the one who matters the most God, the Father, and this can happen anywhere. I don't know about you, but there's days for me in Salinas where I'm driving, and it's the Lord, Maverick, and myself. Now, Maverick doesn't even know that they're putting on a, a, a you know a worship set in my car with me, but it's the Lord. Maverick, and myself, and I'm sitting there, and I'm having just a God moment to the point where you ever see people, and they're really into their music, and you're like kind of jealous if you're being honest, because you're like, man, I wish I could wild out like that, you know? And when you have that moment with God, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be just in church, And can I just be honest, when we are selfless and not selfish, and the relationship that matters the most in our life is first, we will not miss the God moments. There are so many moments that I have probably missed, but I'm grateful for the ones that I didn't. I remember one time I had so much conviction. I was at Walmart and I'm leaving and there's somebody in the parking lot that God is drawing me to. I just, I feel it. I know that I need to go. The spirit is moving. For some reason, I need to go and to speak to this person and to be a blessing to this person, okay? Now I end up getting into my car because God, I'm sorry, you can't be interrupting my life right now. I gotta get going, But when I crossed out of that parking lot, I knew that if I didn't go back, I was going to be blatantly disobedient to God. And there was something that I was missing. And can I say this? That gentleman was a blessing to my life more than I was a blessing to him. And I would have missed that in my selfishness. Are you with me? There's something that happens when you're connected with God. You start to be more generous with your time, more generous with your resources and finances. You become more loving and patient, kind, right? You're, 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 you're more like Christ and less like yourself. And you want to hear something that might be a little too bold to say? People actually start to like you. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's funny how that starts to happen because There's a scent that's coming from you, and it's Christ in you. And people are wondering, what is that? What is that? Like, if I was in that situation and scenario right now, if those were the cards that were dealt to me, I would be so upset and frustrated. But there is something that that person is carrying. You know what that person has? A firm foundation in Christ. That's what they have. And people are hungry to know, what is that? And we have that to share to this world, amen? I don't know about you, but like I keep saying, I want to live a life that matters. I want to be all in. And I know in order to do this, it's going to take me being intentional with my relationship with the Father. I love sports. I love the Giants. It's very clear, okay? Okay. I love sports, and if you love sports, you know that you have to have a game plan in order to be successful in anything that you do. And so we as believers need to have a game plan when it comes to us pre-deciding. We need to pre-decide. So there's three things, some will say three things. There's three things I want us to think about that it's gonna be practical that we can put into practice today. We need to predecide a time, predecide a place, and pre-decide a plan. Okay? predecide a time someone say time my wife remember we have four kids my 2 year old levi okay when i'm in the house and she's in the house i don't matter okay she is all he is all about his mom and i am non-existent until she's gone then i exist okay so think about this when he gets up he's not looking for me he's looking for mom so mom knows that she has to get up early in the morning in order for her to have her quiet time with the Lord because she has pre-decided, I want this time. It's important for me because she knows she's not going to be a good wife. She's not going to be a good mother. She's not going to be a good pastor for anybody if she doesn't have this time with the Lord. I have a friend. His name is Sammy T. will say Sammy T. He's from Salinas, okay? Sammy T. was an alcoholic for nine years, Sammy T ran into Jesus, and Jesus changed his life. Sammy T started coming to Venture Church, and when he started to come to Venture Church, God started to transform his life in ways, and he started to get activated in his faith, and now Sammy T is leading a venture group. It's called Faith and Fitness, okay? They do, they do a hike, and they get into their word, okay? Now, if you're talking to me like, I backpack, so this is intermediate hikes, okay? I'm just joking. That was a joke, <laughs> But I'm telling you right now, it's amazing what God is doing in Sammy's life. You know what I admire most about Sammy T? He is consistent. Every time I get on the gram, I see, you know what Sammy does? He does post the word of the day on his Bible app, but it doesn't stop there. He reads a proverb and he's praying constantly. He's praying for life, he's praying for the church, he's praying for his friends, he's praying for a relationship. That is his time with the Lord and he takes it serious. Someone say time. Now, there's some people in here that may not be able to get up early, and we're not saying like, oh, well, that's, you know what, you just can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. It's got to be in the front end of your day. You might, like my friend Danny, who's an entrepreneur, he's a father of two. He's a great husband, and he's a great dad, and he's a great provider for his family. He has a full-time job, an eight-hour job out in Monterey, and he also has a side hustle. Anybody have a side hustle in here? He's what we call a knuckle-dragger. Have you ever heard of knuckle-dragger before? He did five tours in the military, and he worked on Apache helicopters, okay? And so if you were working on Apache helicopters or anything in the military, they called you a knuckle-dragger. You heard it here first at Bold Church, okay? So a knuckle-dragger is what he is. Well, he took that and what he learned, and now he fixes bikes on the side, road bikes. So he's up late at night, he probably gets to bed at two in the morning, but he knows because he's going to Monterey that on Highway 68, what we call traffic, I know the Bay Area, I'm sorry, our traffic is nothing compared to your guys' traffic, but he's, he's on the commute for about 30 minutes, and he says, it's there where I spend time with God, and I talk to him, and I listen, and I worship. Someone say time. Are you with me, church? We've got to pre-decide a place I don't know where that is for you. Maybe it's early on the morning on the couch in your living room. Maybe you're on your porch or your backyard. Maybe it's your morning walk or at the office. Maybe it is on the way to work, but you have to be intentional. This stuff doesn't happen by accident. And then there has to be, are you still following me, church? A plan. Someone say a plan. Maybe it's a devotional with your Bible and your cross-referencing. Maybe it is you and your favorite worship music and God on your commute. But you have to have a plan. And as you do this, see what he does in your life because there will be desires that you once had that will start to shift. God gives you a new taste for life when you start to seek him. My mother-in-law, who has had two heart transplants, two, is on 13 years on this heart. Talk about a miracle. Do you know what the average span of a heart transplant is? 10 years. She's on 13 years. Amen. What a miracle that is. And she told me, I was asking her one day, like, did anything ever change? She's like, yeah. A matter of fact, a lot changed. There were things that I used to love to eat, and I no longer, those things gross me out, and God gave me a new appetite for things. She stopped liking beans. Can you believe that? No, I'm just joking. She's Latina. She loves frijoles. Come on, somebody, if you know what I'm talking about. But God gives you a new heart and a new taste for life, and the things that you once desired, you do not desire Anymore. He starts to soften the hard, hardened places, right? The direction of your life starts to change. We start making better choices with fewer regrets. Our insecurities, someone say insecurities, our insecurities subside, and you know who you are in Christ Jesus. When I say our insecurities, that, that's, that's something that's very personal to me. Very, very personal to me. I, I was growing up very insecure. When I was four years old, my parents got a divorce. And I, I, just, it, it, I, I was in a broken world ever since then. And I just remember just what it, what it did to me and just some of the things that I had to go through in life and insecurity started to just come down onto my life. It was so bad that when I met Anna, um, I, I didn't want her to leave my sight because I was afraid that some guy would come up and snatch her. And in our early years of dating, almost 15 years ago, we would get into arguments. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like we would get into those weird arguments because I was so insecure. But when I said yes to Jesus, I cannot explain this. It went away like that because I knew who I was in Christ. I was secure in my Savior, amen? Something as small as you would think that, that is, it's, it's super big for me and it shifted in my life because I knew who I was in Christ Jesus. So church, bold church, we will be devoted. Having an ongoing, continual relationship with God. We will remain, we will dwell and abide in Christ Jesus, amen? And we're gonna have a game plan. We will have a game plan. We're gonna pick a time, a place, and a plan, amen? I'm gonna say this last thing before I wrap up, and it's this, I promise you that the minute that you do this intentionally, the enemy is gonna try to come and distract you. I guarantee it. I don't know about you, but there's been times where I try to get into my word and all of a sudden I'm thinking about the things that I haven't done or my phone starts to go off, okay? So we need to build some parameters and be like, look, the enemy is going to come to attack. I know he is, but I'm gonna pre-decide today that I'm not gonna let those things get in the way and I'm gonna continue. And if you miss a day, don't miss a second day. Come on, somebody. If you miss a day, don't miss a second day, okay? Aren't you glad we're not bound by religion? Come on, somebody. We have the finished work on the cross. His name is Jesus. Okay? So many times, even in the Word, you go to the book of Galatians, and I'm telling you right now the Apostle Paul wrote that book to Galatia, telling the leaders there, the Judaizers, look, it's not Jesus plus. Amen. What does that mean? Because in this life, we can even do that with ourselves, even through the Christian walls. Jesus plus, right? For them, it was like, oh, Jesus plus the Sabbath, Jesus plus kosher, Jesus plus circumcision, Jesus plus all the laws. For us today, it could be like Jesus plus, you know, giving, right? And if I give, like, oh, yeah, like that, I just like I made God happy. I, I did that. And it wasn't out of obedience, but it was out of obligation, right? Jesus plus serving. And what I mean by that is this. I have to, no, we get to, amen? Come on, somebody, Jesus plus confessional, Jesus plus all these things, my outward appearance and how I look and how I dress, I'm so happy that I do not have to be bound by religion, that there is a finished work on the cross and that God bridged the gap for you and for me. Didn't he? Because it takes one sin, someone say one sin, for us to be separated from God, But God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son that the Bible says, whoever shall believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And it's at that very moment when we respond to the gospel and say yes to Jesus that that gap is bridged. And now we have a way back to the Father. Why the gospel is so important. Heaven is icing on the cake, church. Our relationship with God today is so important, amen? It's vital for our growth. It's vital for our walk. Apart from him, we cannot do anything. I want to live a life that matters. Deep roots, wide roots, so that when the enemy tries to come and try to devour, he ain't going to get me. Because I already know that I'm a son of the Most High King. You are a daughter and a son of the Most High King. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Church, will you stand with me? Thank you, team. I'm sorry, I was supposed to give a cue for them to come up, but I was so in this right now that I totally forgot, and that's okay. Amen? It just reminds us that we're not perfect. And God's not expecting us to be perfect. Amen? I believe he loves progression in our life. And that shift and change, that transformation, and that heart that he sees within us, that God, we constantly are looking into that mirror and we see ourselves and we want more of you in our life. And there are some struggles and things that we go through, but we're reminded today that we are not alone, that you are for us, not against us. And in you, because you conquered the grave, we as believers, as followers of the Most High King can operate out of victory. And Lord, I pray right now for that person in here that feels like giving up. God, I pray that they would run to you right now. They would feel your presence, your peace. The Bible says a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, calm the storm in their life right now. Remind them the reassurance that we have in Christ Jesus. God, we pray for our protection over their thoughts. And we pray that there'd be a shift right now in their life. They would walk out of here liberated and set free and Lord that if there's anybody in here that doesn't know your son as Lord and Savior or people watching online right now Father God that today would be that day where they would be completely set free that salvation would come to their life right now God have your way in this place Jesus name. Amen. There's one thing that I want to do before we go. I don't know everybody in here. But I never want to leave without giving somebody an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And if you're in here today and you've never surrendered your life. Romans 10:8 through 10 says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. And I want to give you that opportunity today to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. If that's you in here, I'm going to tell you right now, it is the best decision that you can ever make in your life. I can tell you that until I'm blue and black in my face, but I'm telling you right now, you will not know until you do it yourself and the freedom and liberation that comes over your life, it's worth it, amen? It's worth it. So I'm telling you right now, if this is you in here, this is your opportunity, and I wanna lead you in church, even if you've said this before, help me. Help me say this with this person in here. Say, Jesus, today I recognize that I cannot do this alone. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. I recognize today that you came down from heaven, died on a cross. They put you in a tomb, but three days later, you conquered the grave. Lord, have your way in my life. It's because you conquered the grave that I have a hope and I have a reassurance that one day I will be with you in eternity. God, use me and guide me in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. Yes. Come on, you can clap loud.
0: Yes.